0: Galatians chapter 6. We're going to look at a few verses here and then discuss, or I'm going to preach the word, but uh, talk a little bit about what Paul is discussing here. Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 11, it says, Ye see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves, who are circumcised, keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you. For the cross and what it means for us, I thank you for the work of Christ. I thank you for the that the Spirit continues to work in us even now, Lord. That as you work in the missionaries and the, the the other countries, Father, you continue to work here. Your work in our lives is by far the only thing that we need, and Lord, it is the only thing that works. And God, I pray that you would bless this time, give us understanding of of your Word, and and Lord, may you strengthen us, may you encourage us, may you help us, or that we might live our lives for you. Bless the missionaries, Lord, that that we've mentioned this afternoon. Lord, bless those that uh, that we haven't mentioned, uh, That uh, whether they're supported here or whether they're serving you wherever. God, God I pray that your hand be upon them, that you strengthen them, give them safety, give them the help that they need, strengthen their minds, their hearts, their spirits, protect their families. Lord, Satan desire is to uh, to stop them this, his desire is to to prevent them and Lord I pray that you place a hedge of protection about them and that you might bless I, might, I, I pray that you'd be with the uh, with the, those in Nepal the freemans and, and all the others Lord I just ask that your hand to be upon them bless us now as we get into your word uh, may you use it for uh, to, to work in us and to, to bring honor and glory to yourself in Jesus name we pray amen the book of Galatians is an interesting book. We don't have time to read all of it and then preach all of it. Uh, it it's a good study if you've never read it yourself. Uh, John, John's telling me, go right ahead. You just keep, wait, I like you, John. You're my favorite. <laughs> and, except for the pie incident. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but uh, he, he's writing to the church of Galatia uh, because there's, there's a situation that needs to be dealt with. Uh, He has preached the gospel there. Uh, People had gotten saved and the church uh, was started. And praise the Lord that God works like that. Uh, But Paul warned uh, them and has warned all of us through scripture and through his letters uh, that there would be some who would rise up and teach false doctrine. And that's exactly what started to happen in Galatia. Uh, You have to remember the there were, uh, some of these were Jews and others of these were Gentiles. And uh, the, the Jews that had gotten saved uh, had trusted in Christ many times tried to bring their old, the old law and add that to the covenant of we're saved by grace through faith. And uh, uh, they would try to require uh, the new believers, uh, well, you, you're not saved unless you get circumcised. They had to add circumcision to it. That's what he's dealing with here in the church of Galatia. Uh, They were teaching that that, that they must do that. Paul, uh, and Scripture tells us that that's not... Necessary that, that I believe it's in Corinthians. It says uh, whether you're circumcised or not circumcised, none of that really matters. It's the circumcision of the heart. It's the, it's what God has done in the heart. But He's dealing with that. And notice what He says there in verse 11. He says, "Ye see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand." Uh, Paul wrote the letter to the, church, the churches of Galatia by himself. Most of the letters uh, were were spoken to somebody who then. Uh, written, it, written it, wrote it down uh for him uh because he had trouble seeing uh, this what he's trying to say is you see that i did this myself this is how important this is for you and can i say this the gospel is important if we ever find ourselves being being told that that the gospel is something different other than jesus christ died for our sins and we're to, according to the scriptures, he rose uh, from the grave through the power of God. And if we believe in what he did for us, we place our faith in it. If we try to add anything to the gospel, then we're in trouble. Uh, and this was important to Paul. He, he withstood people to the face. There were arguments, uh, uh, de- not, not debates. They were. I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a calm discussion. Uh, <laughs> Paul didn't seem to be that kind of, uh, that kind of guy. But this was something that we were to stand for. That we do not move away from, and today's, and today's day isn't any different than it was in Paul's day. There will be those that try to add to or take away from the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we are to, to not pervert the gospel. We're not to twist it. We're not to add to it. We're not to take away from it. So Paul here is defending the gospel of Jesus Christ. The so verse twelve says, "And as many, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they restrain you to be circumcised." He says there are many who try to make a fair show. Uh, it's a display of their their re, religi- Here's, I'm going to make up my own word. Their religiosity, their their, their holiness. They're putting on a facade, a fake, uh, they, they, they want to make sure everybody knows that they have followed the law. It's a fair show. It's like people coming into church dressed up. Just no, there's nothing wrong with wearing a suit and tie to church. I wear one, but sometimes in the, with the wrong heart, people will come in, and that is their religion. That is their proof of, and you, you many times you'll see them look at other people that aren't dressed like them, and you can tell they're like ha ha, that guy's got short sleeves on okay. maybe it's not quite it used to be that bad there there are churches years and years ago where they would preach they wouldn't allow men with spectacles to preach the I read an article of a man who was asked to come and speak uh about twenty years ago asked to come and speak uh at a at a pastor's conference he sat in the front row in his short-sleeved i think it was a, a a yellow shirt or a blue shirt and the three preachers before him got up and preached against preachers who preached in things other than white shirts that's just ridiculous and then as the main speaker he got up in his in his yellow shirt and preached or whatever it was it, 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 that's a fair show and it can be that, it can be any number of things that we try to uh, say, look at me, look at what I have done, look at how I have, uh, how, how religious I am. What... Paul's message here is that it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with Christ. He says, "As many as desire, there, verse twelve, to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised." He's saying they're making a fair show. They're trying to make themselves a a, a a a display of religiousness or holiness, and now they're trying to make you be what they are. They're trying to hold you to the the, the standard of holiness that they have set for themselves. Uh, It is not a standard that God has set for them. Uh, There there was a time in the Old Testament where they were to circumcise. In Genesis chapter 17, God told Abraham to circumcise himself, to circumcise his house. That was an outward show that they were the people of God. But when Christ came and Christ died on that cross, that that old covenant was gone. And a new covenant was put in place. We don't need to do that. We don't need to follow the law. Now, that doesn't mean we, don't, we go and live in sin. There's still a moral law that, that God has called us to follow. But those, the, many of those laws that the Jews had to follow, we're not bound to anymore because of Jesus Christ. He says, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you, they, 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 they try to hold you or push you to, to be circumcised. Only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Notice it says verse 13, For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised. They, they, they've got the outward showing of, of their circumcision, but they're not following the law. What did Jesus say was the two greatest commandments? Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. You can be religious and you can go to church and you can dress right and you can drop your money in the tithe box or, or plate or however, whatever church does it. You can, you can listen to the right songs and you can, you can, on the outside, look good. That's called Phariseeism, when the heart doesn't match what's on the outside. Now, if you're saved, the Word of God and the, the Spirit of God will work in you and what's on the inside will work its way out, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out in suit coats and, and ties and, and those types of things. We've got to be careful when we look at somebody who's, who, who's saved, who loves God, who's loving others and following the, the law that Christ gave us, the commandment that Christ gave us, but well, they don't match up with our standard. Now, I've got no problems with standards. There should be modesty. Don't come in here wearing a bathing suit and expect to, expect to not have people looking at you funny. right? Uh, we, ha- we, we all have a set of standards. and that's OK. But to say somebody's not saved because they don't match up to your, there's a problem there. So they, they were trying to the Galatians were trying to or the, the Jews were coming into the churches of Galatians trying to say no no you need to do this uh, uh, your your faith isn't good enough you need to add to it the law. But what it says there in verse thirteen is while they were good on the outside they weren't actually keeping the law. That's a, called a hypocrite. Now a lot of times people say well I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. So is the restaurants. And the movie theaters—they're everywhere. You don't stop going there. There are going to be hypocrites here. That's the nature of human beings. But when we look at ourselves, we need to judge ourselves and judge ourselves by the Word of God, and and not be, not try to be something on the outside that we're not on the inside. Jesus said in uh, Matthew chapter seven, "Judge not, lest you be judged." But then he went on to say. First, judge your own self. He wasn't saying don't judge people. He's saying judge yourself. Make sure you're right with the Lord. says in verse 13 again, it says, uh, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. I've seen this. Uh, what, what he's saying is uh, they, 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 they've got the outward down, but they're not following the law, but they want you to follow the law so they can say, look at him. Look what he's doing. It to, it's all about an outward showing of, of religiousness or holiness. And, and again, while God calls us to be holy, right? God calls us to, to live modestly. God calls uh, there are standards that we should should have. However, it's got to be real. It's got to be based upon the work of Christ in us. Second Corinthians chapter 5. As we're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Paul said in Ephesians to put off the old man and to put on the new man. A, a, a saved life is not the same life. It's different. It is. You can't stay the same and say, oh, well, I've been saved. Because I've never seen something that was dead ever get up and walk around. It, if it's... It, 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 there's something wrong if there's no growth, if there's no, no change. But it's not instantaneous either. We, we, we talk about justification. It's a, it's a big word in the, Bible, the, in the Bible. It means that God has declared us justified or righteous before him. Praise the Lord. Uh, you get say, the, the thief on the cross, the perfect example of this. He looks, he looks at Jesus and he says, remember me. And he says, thou shalt see me to this day in paradise. He didn't have a chance to clean up his act. He, didn't, he didn't, didn't let him off the cross. He'd go around and do some good works and, and get baptized and do all these other things. He was a thief who died on that cross right beside Jesus. But you know where he is today? In heaven. The, the, the nothing had to change. Nothing had to be added other than, it, uh, nothing had to be added to his faith. He didn't have to change his act. The only thing that needed to change was his heart. But if he hadn't died on that cross, if he had somehow been set free, the change in his heart would have caused a change in his life. So justification is he was declared just. That man was declared just. And he was fully sanctified when he got to heaven. But the way Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 is, I, I, I am confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform to the day of Jesus Christ. So when you got saved, you were born again. You were given a new spirit. Uh, you, there's new life, and you uh, you are saved. You're justified, but he begins to work in you. Uh, Romans 12:2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As we read and study the word, as the word works in us, and the spirit works in us, and we abide in Christ, and he, his word abides in us, there is a change in us. He makes us more and more like the Savior, Jesus Christ. But that's an, that, that's a, an inward change that results in an outward change. There are people who have clean, gone to AA and gotten sober. And they've never picked up another bottle again. There have been people who have gone and uh, to rehab and, and gotten uh, help with their addiction to, to, to different narcotics or drugs, and they've never touched it again. There are people who've stopped swearing because it was offensive to people. There are people that have changed their lives and turned their, that's an outward change. And those are good. I've got no problem with somebody that stops drinking. I think that's great. I've got no problem with people that, that that try to better themselves, but the problem is the, 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 the ruin isn't on the outside, it's on the inside. Jesus said it isn't what you put into a man that, that defiles a man, it's what comes out of it. Our heart is deceitful and wicked, desperately wicked. Who can know it? And until that heart changes, you can do all the things on the outside. It's like taking a pig and giving it a bath and putting some pretty lipstick on it and a bow behind its ear And then letting it go, it looks good for a little while. The Windsor Fair just finished up. I I believe it's over. I I didn't. We didn't go to it. But uh, I I used to love going to the fair, and you see, you see, all the animals are all cleaned and brushed, and they smell pretty, kind of, because you know they uh, they got them ready to show. But guess what? As soon as they're out of that stall and set free, where are they going to go? The mud, the dirt, the filth. They're going to smell like manure. You know why? Because they're farm animals. That didn't change. But when a Christian gets saved, they're no longer the animal that they used to be. We're no longer dead in their trespasses and sins. We're alive in, we're alive in Christ Jesus. We're a different creature. But it's not through the work of, of them trying or us trying to turn over a new leaf and change our bad habits to good habits. It's a work of Christ in us. And that's why Paul says, says there uh, in verse 13, the, the, verse 14, but God forbid that I should glory, sl- save, in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, listen, uh, uh, as, as good as I can be, no matter what I am, no matter what I've accomplished, no matter, no matter what good comes out of my life, it has nothing to do with me. I will glory in the cross. I will glory in my Savior Jesus Christ. The, uh, listen, uh, Paul. Uh, the, the The Pharisees loved Paul until he got saved. Uh, he, he he was a he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, uh, a religious scholar. He learned under Gamaliel. He was he was he was educated. He was smart. He was powerful. Uh, uh, they they gave him uh, written laws. where he go and persecute the church? Man, he had it all, as far as they were concerned. But he said, I count all that as dung. None of it was worthwhile. Why? Because that was all outward. What he's describing here in in Galatians is that that fair show in the flesh was exactly what he was before salvation. So we need to be careful in our lives that we don't make the same mistake that, that the church at Galatia was about to make that Paul was warning them of. Now, none of us are going to walk around and say, you need to be circumcised before you become a part of this church. I don't want to know none of that. That's Our kids are like, what are you guys talking about? Ask your parents. That's, that's for a conversation for your, to have with your parents. But we're not going to ask that. But we'll certainly set our own limits. We'll set our own standards and say, you know what, this is what you need to be. We need to be careful of that. We need to watch out for that. Again, I've got no problem with standards. And if you have a personal standard, uh, uh, the church I grew up in, uh, the the, the pastor's standard for his family was that the the women all wear dresses. And they did. And if if you were in the choir, you served in the church, uh, when you were there serving in the choir or doing whatever, that the women wore dresses and the men were dressed. A certain way. That was his standard. He did not preach it to sin otherwise. I appreciate that, because there are others that have heard differently. The standard. It's okay to have standards. We need to be careful that we don't judge others by our standards. We judge others by the standard of the Word of God. More importantly, when we glory, we glory in what Christ did in us. Now there's some things. The cross symbolized in Scripture. Hebrews 13 12 says this, wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered through the gate as he as Christ carried that cross, and he was suffering. If you remember, he'd been beaten, uh, he'd, he'd gone through much persecution before he ever even made it to Golgotha's Hill. Before they ever put those nails in his hand, he suffered. When he got to the to the, there, and he laid down his hands, and they, they nailed him to the cross. As he hung there for for hours, uh, struggling to breathe, uh, bleeding. Uh, listen, he suffered. The cross is a symbol of suffering. It, it's not a symbol. We we look at the cross, and, and 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 the cross to us should be should not be something that we're ashamed of. The cross to us should be something that inspires us. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. It's a, it's a, it's a symbol of suffering of our Savior. It's a symbol of shame. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of, of, of God. Despite the shame, Despite the, despite the suffering, Christ endured it all. It's, it, that, that cross is a symbol of that for us. When we, when we talk about the death of Christ, uh, there, 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 there should be a, 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 a sense of, uh, of, of just gratefulness over what he did for us. It should inspire us that, me, that we might be willing to, to maybe lay down our lives for him. Isn't that what Paul said? He being alive, he laying down his life. Uh, we're all dead, uh, but we that are alive should live unto Him. It's a sign of suffering. It's a sign of shame. It's a it's a sign of separation. Mark fifteen thirty four, and at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, "Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani." which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why did God forsake him? Why was God's presence or God's fellowship with Christ broken at that point? Because the sin of mankind was laid upon his shoulders. It's a symbol of, uh, of, that, uh, of that separation, but it's also for us a symbol of reconciliation. Because it is through the cross and the sacrifice that Jesus made on that cross that we are now reconciled to God. What joy. The cross is a symbol of shame. Second Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we may be made the righteousness of God for him. All of these things should cause us the glory, and the cross. At the cross, love was proven. The Bible says this, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Uh, Everybody in the world will will tell you today, at least in America, that God is love, and God loves you, And, and that's true. I've got no problem with that, Scripture—that is scripture, right there. They don't like to talk about the other part of it. See, love—the love of God was proven on the cross. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And his love was proved to us on that cross, and, and the reason that cross proved the love is because otherwise it'd you and, you I, it would have been you or I who would have been. On the receiving end of the wrath or the punishment of God. If I told my wife I love her, she said, How do I know? Because of what I do for her. And if I don't love her, it's because of the lack of things that I do for her lack of respect, the lack of uh, uh, honor. God showed us his love through his son on the cross. 1 John 4.19 says, We love him because he first loved us. Uh, verse 10 says, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for that sin. That word propitiation is big. Because we think, we think of, well, Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. And he did. Absolutely. He died for everybody who has ever been born and who ever will be born. He died for the sins of mankind. But he didn't just die for mankind. He died to be the propitiation, the atonement, the payment for our sin and that's big because uh think about it if you go and you uh, you you owe a debt or you uh or you uh, uh you a debt that you can't pay i was just uh, just listened to a, a uh uh who was it david peterman he did a uh devotional the other day that I, I got a chance to listen to great great uh, by the way um and he was talking about the 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 man who forgave uh the the, the master that forgave his servant and uh uh, he, he was partic- particularly talking about one part of it, but something that he had said sparked a thought in me. He, he was saying that, uh, uh, that it was 10,000 talents that had to be forgiven uh, and uh, 100, uh, 100 pence uh, that, had, that had to be forgiven of the, of the, of the prisoner. And uh, the math of that, do you know how much that is today? That 10,000 talents that he couldn't pay to the master? $3.5 billion in today's money. 60,000 workdays for the people. There was absolutely no way that that man ever could have paid it. He could have spent his entire life and never even put a dent into it. Hey, listen, that's the same kind of debt that we owe God. One that we can never pay. We glory in the cross because of his love for us. We see the love of Christ in the cross. John fifteen thirteen. greater love hath no man in this than a man laid down his life for his friends. Christ's love was even greater than that, to be honest with you. Because he didn't just die for his friends, he died for his enemies. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, we were the enemies of God, but he still died for us. Mark chapter 10, verse 21, Then Jesus beholding him, loved him. Speaking of the, the rich young ruler who walked away. Ephesians 5, 2, says, Then walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a, a sweet Smelling savor. 2 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God's love is proven to us at the cross. When we look at the cross, it shouldn't be something that, that, again, brings shame or reproach upon us. It should be a badge of honor that we are the children of God and that God loved you and I. It should be as we look at our lives and look what God has done, we say, This, this isn't me, this is God, and all that I have, it's, it's God's work in me. Glory in the cross. Not only do we glory in the cross because of God's love that's proven, the life that was provided, because on that cross, Christ gave his life so that we might have life. John 20 31 says, But these are. Or written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. First Corinthians fifteen twenty two. For as in Adam it all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Ephesians two one. And you hath he quickened who are dead in your trespasses and sins. Oh, we've been given life because of that cross. Life to, to, to live an abundant life, according to Jesus Christ. It, it isn't just a, a life of misery and, and just uh, drudgery. This is a life that we have that we can rejoice and be glad and be thankful. We should tell our faces sometimes. We, 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 as we go through our troubles, we, we're like, oh, I don't know, God just doesn't love me. Oh, yeah? Look at the cross. Don't, don't get so caught up in your troubles. and your, Listen, we all go through them. Saved and unsaved all go through tribulations. The benefit is that we have God with us as we go through those things. We don't have to go through our life. David said in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He didn't say, oh, woe is me. And he wasn't even looking back at the cross. He was just looking at the nature of God. lastly and we finished on that cross liberty was purchased not only were we given life but we were given freedom we were given freedom Galatians two two forces and that because of false brethren un, brethren unawares brought in who came in privily to spy out liberty which we have in christ jesus that they might Bring us into bondage. Galatians 5, 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Mark ten thirty five. For even the Son of Man comes uh, came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. That word ransom means the price of redeeming. He purchased your freedom with his death that old that old covenant of the law was taken away the new covenant of uh, in of grace in Christ life in Christ was given to us through the veil of his flesh and the sacrifice that was made on that cross if we're going to glory in anything it isn't going to glory we're not the glory in the fact that we came to church on sunday though we should come to church on sunday it isn't that we that we dress right or talk right or 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 do this or that in the church or that we give money it's not that we cleaned up our act or, or we're doing this or we're doing that listen our testimony should be a te- of the grace and the glory of God and what he did for us on his cross and the fact that he's not there anymore. We read these missionary letters, and, and man, what a blessing it is to see how God is working in places. That, that man, it, listen, Satan. We think Satan has a hold on us here. Satan has a hold on the people over there. Uh, uh, he walked in that, that missionary walked in, and, and that young man was there worshiping idols, not just not just sitting there watching TV, not just. Listen, we have our own idols here in America, but he was physically kneeling down and sacrificing to idols with the incense and, and, and the gospel of Jesus Christ broke through that 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 the dominion of Satan and broke into his heart and he saw the truth of the gospel and he trusted in Christ and that can happen there it can happen here not because you or I are the best witnesses or the best testimonies but because God is greater than anything that the world has to, to oppose him with greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world don't glory in our abilities. Don't glory in our numbers. Don't glory in anything that has to do with us. Glory in Christ and glory in the cross. May it be something that inspires us. We get so we we get so 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 lazy sometimes in our Christian life. Uh, not that we're we don't do things. We're busy all the time. The, the, the farther we get into time, the busier we get. And I believe that's an act of Satan, I'll be honest with you. We're given, uh, given microwaves, but it takes longer to cook, to do things. We don't have any time. The microwave isn't even a new invention anymore. It uh, hasn't been a long, in a long time. I remember when they came out when I was a kid. Uh, but uh, we drive faster. We, we, uh, in my pocket, I carry here a computer that does a lot of stuff. There's more computing power in this right here than they used to send the astronauts to the moon. But I, and just a lot of people, find ourselves... Oh, look look at this. Oh, wow. Ooh, wow. I probably shouldn't look at that. Well, I'm not preaching against cell phones. I'm preaching against TVs, I'm preaching against, uh, listen, uh, those are all tools. They can be used for good and for evil. But we have to recognize that, that Satan will use those things. And not just that, God, he, can, he can use the people at your work, he can, use the, uh, he can use the newspaper, he can use whatever there is out there, because Satan's desire is to destroy you, he is real, and his, but listen, don't get caught up in that, get caught up in what God's done for you. Think about what Jesus did in that cross. What does it say in Hebrews? Looking unto Jesus, the Author and Finisher of our faith. That that passage of Scripture is saying, "Well, don't get weary, don't get tired, don't let your feeble knees and your your hands hang down. Look up at the cross and remember what He did, and go forward, because there is a lot to do here in our in our country and in our nation and in our in, in our in our state here in Augusta, and in our homes." Brother, brother Troy, and brother, uh, brother. Sister and sorry about that. <laughs> they're getting ready to head to Tennessee in a, in a few short weeks, two, two few short weeks. When they go, guess what? Prayerfully, I'm praying that they don't go down and just find a place to sit and relax. Now, they both said that they don't know what God's take them down there for other than they know God wants them to go. Praise the Lord that they're willing to go where God leads them to go. But I hope they don't, and I'm praying, I don't believe they will sit back. let somebody else do something. I'm, I'm praying that God will use them there. That God will bless. And whether it's missions or whatever God would have for them, that they would get busy serving the Lord. That needs to not just be them. It needs to be us here, too. What would God have us to do? Well, I'm busy. I know. You don't understand. Well, I don't fully understand, but I know what God called us to do. I know the job God has laid out before us. And it's not not the time of his coming isn't any farther away or it's not going to get farther away. It's just getting shorter. And God inspires, may the cross inspire us to serve him, to move forward. Let us glory, not in what we accomplish, not in numbers of souls saved, though I want to see souls saved. Not in the numbers of the people joined the church. We've had, we've had several visitors over the last few weeks. Uh, uh, we've had people get baptized. Uh, uh, praise God for all that. But that's just it right there. Praise God for all that. God does that work. And we let God use us as we look to the cross. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And uh, thank you for the cross. Lord, we were not worthy, so unworthy, God, but you loved us, and God, I praise you and thank you for it. I ask that you would help us, Lord, to remember what was done on that cross and what it means for us. Help us to live for you with all that we are. Help us to to live our lives daily for you. Help us to pick up our cross and follow you, Lord. ask that you bless the service. Bless us as we go. Lord, watch over us. Take care of us. Lead and guide us. Lord, use us for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.